Welcome to Jurassic World. Jurassic World Minute with this is Jurassic World one minute time. Run as fast as you can. Go! I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode we're discussing Minute 86 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, head over to Jurassic-pedia.com. Got a new article up here by Sick on uh, Mitch and Tiff's yacht scene. A little bit in Season 2, played a lot uh, heavy, heavier in the plot in Season 3, and now that we've gotten some news of Season 4 coming, uh, we're probably going to get first part to Season 4 as well. Yeah. So the yacht here is—it's first, well, first introduced in season two, but becomes a major plot point in season three. Which, I mean, we gave our review when we did when we discussed season three, and the fact that they keep going back and forth with the yacht all that whole season was kind of weird. But yeah, so this is the article about the yacht. It was actually I always thought felt that season three made it seem bigger than it did in season two, which explains how they were, they were planning on stowing so much, um, trophies, I guess you would call them. Mm. Cause the, cause it, it turns out like it's got a jacuzzi and, um, I guess pretty luxurious. Yeah. We never see any of the storage area, the cargo hold, if you will, on it. Uh, and what the the plan was with all these trophies, whether uh, maybe Hap had a second pickup boat, supply boat coming after they'd finished to uh, collect the trophies, or if they're going to try and get them all onto this yacht. Of course, with all the, uh, the issues needing refrigeration, that sort of stuff, until they're taxidermied. So it's um, <laughs> it's something that was never touched on, but it, it does make you wonder uh, what their actual plan was. Uh, if they'd been to the island for a while before we come across them in that... Uh, in that season two episode, did they already have trophies on the boat and we haven't seen seen them yet? And is that maybe what is behind the door? Something that uh, they didn't necessarily kill. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm sure they could have gotten a lot of money for live animals. You know, mm. if you oh, if you come across eggs or even babies, hatchlings, it's it's, it's got to be in the back of your mind that um, we could make some money off this as well as having the trophies. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> there's um, there's more Jurassic uh, Camp Cretaceous to come, so I'm sure we'll find out more in the future. Yeah. Hey, I just saw a bond, a real bond, between man and beast. You're in my way. How about we get into minute 86? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, 
Minute 86 of Jurassic World opens with something big at the gates and ends with a view of Hoskins in neon green. As we ended Minute 85, Hoskins' plan to use the Raptors was becoming known to everyone, but uh, just when Owen was telling Claire to get the kids to a safe place, we can hear that pounding at the gates behind them that gets their attention, and we cut to them running for the G-Wagon that's parked in the middle of the alleyway here, and then we cut back to those big gates as the pounding continues, and suddenly they open to reveal people. Uh, seemingly the crowd had calmed down with uh, ACU and Indian security on the scene shooting down or uh, tranquilizing the Tranodons, but uh, all of a sudden we got another crowd of people here emerge from behind the gates. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we see the thing that is uh, basically hurting the people is a um, Tranodon here that seems to be hovering over the crowd right in front of the gate. And I looked it up last at the recording end of the recording of the last minute and the only thing i could find about pteranodons or any pterosaurs really being able to hover was a blog post suggesting the possibility from david peters now if anybody knows who david peters is he's a bit of a kook and i would not say an authority on pterosaurs in any way <laughs> So I'm going to say that no pteranodon probably could not hover. Mm. Yeah, and by hover, yeah, we mean six feet off the ground or nine feet off the ground here, not mm-hmm. uh, catching updrafts and that sort of stuff on cliffs because we know they could do that. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no thermal updraft coming up from Main Street here. It's keeping <laughs> keeping this pteranodon uh, in the sky, which it's uh, it's a shame. And it's also it's weird. The fact it's there sort of scaring these people down this alleyway, running of the bulls style, and the fact that that crowd was able to push those big wooden gates open, obviously locked for a reason. Mm-hmm. Are they wood? I always thought they were steel. Oh, I think they, you can see them flex when they, you see the shot at the top of it pounding. I think it looks... Oh, yeah, I see I see it now. There's a... um, looks like at, uh, the lot with, at the lock that the lock shifts as a wood block mm. so yeah those are probably painted wood it, it's probably meant to be a steel gate but yeah production <laughs> production use timber apply <laughs> wooden that to build it but the the crowd runs forward like a herd of bulls Owen and the others get in the g-wagon and Owen starts it up as uh, Zach reassures Owen that he's got this uh, the g-wagon launches backward and everyone looks out the front window as the uh, the scared look on their faces, which surely you could just get in the in the vehicle and wait for them to all run past. It's it's like they're trying to show. Yes, there is danger in a stampede of people running and screaming. They'll trample you and everything else. But once they get into the G wagon, there's no real danger at all. And it's this whole scene's played up as if this was supposed to be Pachycephalosaurus or something else running animals running down here and not people. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way you reverse the vehicle down the alleyway using uh, the reversing <laughs> camera on the G-Wagon to uh, to negotiate the t- corners and then coming around another corner and ba- uh, backing out of the way against the walls as everyone can run past. I don't know how this doesn't feel safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we also mentioned the interior shots of the G-Wagon back when we uh, seen it at the Dead of Patasaur, um, mentioning about uh, internal monitors and sort of stuff you could do to it to make it more park-feeling. And here, as we get a couple mm-hmm. of shots looking at that front windscreen, you can see there's a monitor on the dashboard with the park map on it. So there is an onboard computer, at least, in uh, some of the G-Wagons, anyway. 
And it looks like that there's a blue um, kind of like blotch over the island a little bit. I'm not sure what it means, but I know that in terms of weather mapping, blue usually indicates snow. Mm-hmm. Though I doubt it's snowing on a tropical island. December or no December. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of weather maps I use here, there's the sort of the bluer, the lighter bluer colours and the deeper bluer sort of your, your moderate, um, maybe maybe quarter of an inch, half an inch of rain. But then it starts getting into oranges, greens, and reds. It means you're getting a lot more rain coming. Yeah, ours is it's like light rain or like yeah, light rain would be a light green, and then the darker green is a bit heavier, and then it moves on to the oranges, reds. Yeah, and then purple is watch out, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, this is one of the last shots we get to before we cut to the raptor enclosure, where we can clearly see it's been raining. So. That, um, mm-hmm. That's probably a good guess there that, that it is showing a weather weather map of the um, meteorological, meteorological map of the island with um, rain coming over. Uh, uh, Grey asks, uh, "Can we start with you?" And Claire responds, "I'm never leaving you as long as <laughs> as long as you live." And that's when the boys say, "No, no, with him." And that's Owen and Claire look at each other as Grey smiles, <laughs> <laughs> definitely with him. <laughs> He's um. He's the boyfriend, or the, the the father they probably want hope for, but they know he's safe, safe to be around. He's already taken down Tranodons and saved them twice now. Yeah, Owen seems to be much more the outdoorsy type than Claire. <laughs> mm. I'm surprised, maybe maybe because there's a lot of stuff going on already. I'm I'm surprised they didn't throw in a a Grant plot for Owen, maybe that. Um, the reason him and Claire broke up is because he, he didn't want kids or something. Apart from the fact that he's a bit of a doofus and, and she's a bit stuck up with her work and that. that we, we've Interestingly, seen. I think it's Claire that gets that subplot in this movie where she learns to eventually come to associate not just the dinosaurs as living beings, but she but like at first she blows off her two nephews. Then she started... Like, slowly comes through the course of the movie to become more parental towards them, I guess you'd call it. Mm. Yeah, well, she definitely starts hinting at, hitting out the uh, parental advice <laughs> later on the film as well when we get to mm-hmm. the rappers being out and that. But, um, yeah, going from a stage where she didn't even know how how old or how tall. <laughs> she was just guessing how tall they were um, to Owen. So, yeah, there is a bit of, bit of character growth there. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that's where we leave Main Street until uh, later in the film. Um, I think we've pretty much talked all we need to on the the Trandons, all that sort of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, behind the stampeding crowd, we do get that Spinosaur skeleton there, which would imply this alleyway they're all running down and driving down is uh, the, that back access to Paddock Nine that we're going to see later. Mm-hmm. Because that's where Rexy runs out um, from those gates straight through that skeleton later on the film. Which makes me wonder if that this uh, back employee area also doubles as a, um, like, not a fallout shelter, but like a dinosaur containment shelter. Like, if they have something bad, like, say, uh, Rexy, God forbid, got out of her enclosure. 
that would be there's a bunker back there for the guests to shelter in. Mm. Yeah, it wouldn't be very large, but something, some, some um, safe place. I mean, it wouldn't need to be. I mean, you could. I mean, it could be like the original where they have it mostly underground, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, true. But uh, that's when we cut tonight, and we head over back to the uh, Raptor enclosure. Um, vehicles parked everywhere. I hate in films when vehicles are just parked with their lights on when they don't need to be. <laughs> I know, I know now in this world of LED technology, um, using a lot less power, you could have lights left on like that, and it doesn't phase batteries too much for long periods of time, but yeah, don't leave your lights on. <laughs> to the owner of the silver Mercedes, you left your lights on. <laughs> uh, yes. But we asked a question last week, and here we are. Where'd the day go? <laughs> Obviously, before, it was sort of late afternoon. The sun was still high enough in the sky to not cast shadows down that alleyway. And um, now we're probably 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, pitch black in the yeah. tropics. Yeah. And the um, the novel doesn't really lend or um, help us out in any way there either. They uh, they just say that um, it's late afternoon when the went on and that run away from the people and cut to night time again, so... Another one of those weird cuts. Like I said last minute, that is kind of like like you like you said, it's a weird cut, and it feels like there's just something missing because like it, it's night, but there's also like a dampness going on here. Like, like, like there's that giant puddle that Owen crashes through when he gets to the <laughs> raptor enclosure here, and I would doubt that. Owen would be irresponsible enough to not like back drag the gravel or not have somebody do that so that they don't have like a giant puddle at the main entrance to their compound here. Especially if he rides a motorcycle around. That's the one, the one thing you would want to drive through. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it seems like a large rainstorm occurred in the how many, whatever hours, like four or five hours that we're missing here. I wonder if it was something simple like someone forgot to turn the camera on when they wanted to record rain or something. <laughs> because it's not the only time we're going to see it later when we get back to Main Street again. It, it's obviously mm-hmm. just rained and someone forgot to call action or something on the, on, um, on the rain scenes. But It makes me wonder also, too, where's the Indominus? We were told earlier that she's getting closer to Main Street because she's sensing all the heat of the guests. The guests are all still there. Mm-hmm. We're going to get them in a couple of minutes' time, all in the Hilton, receiving medical treatment um, and other places. Well, last time we seen her was at the aviary. She should still be heading south towards the resort, yet uh, once we catch up to her again with the Raptors later on in a couple of minutes' time, um, she's nowhere near it, really. She must be mm-hmm. must be up near the, the in the northeast somewhere. Trying to think if Camp Cretaceous answers this, and I do, I don't think it does, because once the kids get to Main Street, they have to go through the Mosasaur and then eventually hop on that monorail that ends up getting battered by the Pteranodon. So we don't see what happens when it goes from late afternoon to nighttime, because by the time the kids get back to Main Street, everybody's already taken shelter, you know? place is deserted when they when they go to the mosasaur that's all that's after after the evacuation isn't it 
they don't they don't come back to Main Street before the fight. They, I don't know, because that's season no, they, one now. Yeah, they come back before the fight, but they're on the tra- they're on the monorail, like among the last waves of evacuees on the way to the uh, South Dock. Yeah. Before or by, when the fight's going on, basically. Which begs the question, how did Claire, Owen, and... Oh, I, I guess they probably wait. They seem to have waited as long as they possibly could because the um, they would have gotten on that final um, that final barge along with Roxy and Dave when they left because they seem to have left at, like, crack of dawn. Like, we're, we're waiting till sun up and then we're leaving kind of thing. Mm. You know? Plus, with how how much they want to save every every life on the island, you'd think they'd be the last ones to leave as well, um, mm-hmm. making sure everyone's off before they get off themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you'd hope so with what the the, the strife mm-hmm. they're about to give Hoskins or the stuff they're about to go with here with uh, letting the Raptors out to try and save lives. Um, mm, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> food for thought there on uh, what what else is happening at the same time, but. Uh, it's interesting too that we we last see them uh, Owen and crew in the G wagon on Main Street and here well after dark and they just suddenly turn up next minute with how long it's taken them to get get out of the out of the resort and drive north to the uh, mm-hmm. to the Raptor pen maybe because it was raining they had to go a lot slower on the muddy train or something they couldn't, couldn't maybe. make good time the time span just still seems excessive. In like Camp Cretaceous and even Jurassic World to an extent, they cross huge distances on foot with in like matters of minutes. Whereas it it, sh- it just shouldn't take the amount of time to get from Main Street to the Raptor Pen that it takes. Especially because Owen already knows Haskins' plan to use the Raptors and going to Main Street. I mean, going to the Raptor Pen to stop Hoskins seems like it's his, seems like his priority. Yeah, yeah, and at the same point where Owen learns of Hoskins' plan to use the Raptors, um, we know from the novelization Hoskins getting in the helicopter and his crew's already at the enclosure, fitting mm-hmm. fitting the animals, and the, the handlers are um, pushing back and don't want to cooperate. So you'd think surely Barry would have had to call him, <laughs> be in contact with him already by now during his trip out there to say you've got you've got to get in it right now this they're, they're in the pet they got the raptors in the, the cradles they're 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 doing this you need to get here and stop them but anyway that's that's next minute because we get to uh cut to hoskins standing in front of the raptors as they are getting those cameras fitted to their heads someone pushes the raptor scream effect on the keyboard again <laughs> these animals here all all uh all contained in their the head braces and that yet they're able to scream and all the raptor calls um but uh, hoskins walks over to delta and bends over to look at her in the eye and as the minute ends uh, he taps a soldier on the arm and he turns to uh show hoskins on um, a little portable tablet the view that mm-hmm. neon green night vision view from the camera that they fitted, filtered uh, fitted to delta so yeah they are they are going ahead with this plan <laughs> which we'll get start getting into next minute uh nfl tonight before we go to novel comparisons uh, no, I think we're good. Right, as we mentioned last minute, uh, it's a mobile veterinary vehicle that's parked in the laneway, not the G-Wagon. 
and it's said to be heavily uh, fortified. So again, makes it lend that it should have been, or they thought it wanted it to be dinosaurs that were stampeding down the whole the alleyway, not people. But um, a thousand panicked tourists run down that alleyway, uh, trained on lands behind them, spreading its wings wide, scaring the guests even more, and they're now climbing over each other to get away. So again, that, that panic crowd that is a danger, mm-hmm. but uh, just weird, weird the way they play it here. Now, see, the Trinodon landing would have made much more sense. Like, if it decided to perch itself on top of the gate, that would have made more sense than it just kind of hovering there. Yeah. And I looking on my phone, I, when we talked about it last week, I thought it had um, land on the Spinosaur skeleton, but if, um, if it was meant to, then they've stuffed that CGI up and haven't made the depth of field look the way it's supposed to. But uh, night had fallen, uh, the bright lights lit up the Raptor Research area. Uh, Barry watches on uneasy as the contract, contractors attach cameras to the Raptors. So Barry's seen a lot earlier uh, at the Raptor enclosure there, because we don't get him until next minute. But uh, Dave, that's minute 86. Uh, anything else on that uh, before we get out of here for today? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right, lovely. <laughs> 